0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Dan Bentley here, Tracy Newman here. What we're going to talk to you guys about today is something that sometimes gets forgotten. It's a little something called change management. And obviously we talk a lot about innovation on this podcast, but sometimes when we are innovating, well, sometimes we just really forget about that implementation and how we're going to make sure that really lands. And so, yeah, we thought we'd, to spend a little bit of time talking about that today. Yeah, I think
1: people, when you talk about innovation, people often think about ideas and the creativity aspect of it, but really innovation without implementation is just ideas, isn't it? It's not really innovation. It becomes innovative and it becomes innovation when you actually start doing something new.
0: That's it. And you know, we've seen time and time again, it's not often the organisation or the, the leader who comes up with the best idea that usually becomes the winner and you know does the best with that idea is actually quite often somebody who executes it the best and so change management is obviously a really big piece of that execution so yeah we're going to talk to you a little bit about that today we're going to talk about I guess some different parts of change management and just some of the things that you need to sort of look out for when you are implementing one of your innovations and operationalizing it so Trace you ready are we ready to get into it I reckon we are all right so where do we start Well, I think as with everything,
1: the best place to start is by making sure everyone's on the same page. So we want to make sure that everybody has that same understanding. We want everyone to know what's changing, why it's changing, what it looks like, and really just that sort of foundational piece, which sometimes if you're really involved in creating something, it's easy to sort of assume that everybody's on the same page as you. And it's easy to assume that everybody knows what's going on. However, if someone's not directly involved in something, even if you're sharing messages with them, sometimes they don't listen in the same way that they do when they need to actually do something with that information. So it's really about making sure that everybody's kind of on that same page.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And often- because I sometimes think, oh, well, well, this idea is it's the right thing to do. And you know it's going to help us to achieve our mission and those sorts of things. But maybe everybody doesn't see that at face value. Maybe we need to also really think about, well, how will it impact all the different people within our organization, all the people that it's going to be rolled out to as a service or a new program, or whatever it might be, thinking about well, what are some of those benefits to those people? Because whilst you might be able to join the dots, they might not be able to join those dots as easily, and so sometimes as leaders, it's our jobs to do that for them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And think about also what are the positive impacts, but what is it exactly that people need to do differently as well? Because you can never be too clear. The clearer you are, the easier it is for people to understand exactly what you want them to do and exactly what that's going to look like. And if you do want people to do something slightly differently, it's really important to be very clear about what that is.
0: Look, we talked about positives as well, but I'd also from my experience also recommend as well thinking about the risks and those maybe negatives up front too and having some risk mitigation already sort of set up and the reason why this is a good idea is both Tracy and I have built a career off trying to work with really conservative and people risk averse maybe is a better word and trying to get them on board and sometimes they can be drawn straight to those risks if you can show them what it is you're going to implement have you can actually show them that you've actually taken some of those risks on board and that you have ways to mitigate those risks or avoid them or whatever then that can also make those people feel a little bit more comfortable too and also create a bit of a conversation too around well are we missing any Because these people are usually pretty good at finding them. They can add a couple of extras to your list and that way you can make sure that it's not only from a getting people on board perspective, it's that, but also you're going to make sure that you've actually taken those risks into consideration as well and you've got all of them captured. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I was actually just about to say that very same thing. So, nicely done, Dan.
0: All right. Well, next one. It's all about planning the change.
1: Yes. And, you know, we all know how I love my sayings. If you fail to plan, you plan to
0: fail. (laughs) Love it.
1: But it's so true without that planning and without that proactivity around, you know, who's going to need to do what and when and, you know, making sure that everybody is clear and everybody has the same understanding and all of those things. Like when you've got all of those things all sort of lined up in a row, then that's when you are going to be more successful.
0: Yeah, and you can look at this planning from lots of different angles too. You can kind of think about, well, you know, how are we going to make sure that we can get support for this initiative who needs to be involved in it you know if it is a co-design project yeah you're doing some sort of co-implementation co-evaluation those sorts of things are you getting the right people involved you know even from an organizational perspective too We well, always need champions and people who are going to sort of be those early adopters and innovators in on that change curve so who can you get involved in this so that when you are implementing this, you've got some people on your side in all different parts of the organization who are going to be able to sort of you know win other people over and help you to you know really understand what's going on and getting that implementation right.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where uh, it is really great to sort of have those one-on-one conversations with different people across the organization who you feel are likely to be really great ambassadors and get them on board so that it's not just you who's looking to sort of advance that change. You've got a, a whole network of different people who can have different conversations with different people at different times. And it really does make a large difference right over the course of the organization and over the course of a period of time as well.
0: Yeah. And it also gives you an opportunity to get some feedback too, before you sort of go big bang with it. If you can speak to some of those people early, that could be like, oh, you know, that's not going to work in this area. Or oh, someone tried something like that before and it didn't really work. Then when you go in with your messages, you can sort of, say this is different to that thing that we did last time and here's why and this is why this one is going to work you know (laughs) or whatever you can you can really kind of fine-tune that message a bit too
1: yeah absolutely
0: cool and you know in this part too we sort of you know might want to be thinking about the impact this is going to have too and how you are going to evaluate whatever it is that you're looking to implement as well as part of that I mean we include that as part of our innovation process anyways but lots of people don't so you also want to think about how are we going to sort of make sure that whilst we are sort of going along, that we are on the right track? What are those metrics, both leading and lagging indicators that are going to tell us whether what it is we're implementing is actually working or not? You don't want to be doing that when you are implementing. You really want to be doing that before you start that so that you're really clear and then you actually measure it when you are implementing.
1: Yeah. I mean, otherwise, how do you really know if what you're doing is working if you don't know what you would see if it's working? So you don't really know what to look for. So yeah I mean I think being really clear about you know what you would hope to see and making sure again that everybody else understands what that could look like can make a really powerful difference in terms of again it's that piece where you can get feedback along the way as well so if you're talking to people about the types of things that you would expect to see if it's successful then quite often they'll sort of be able to add to that as well, or, you know, let you know, you know, something that might get in the way of you collecting that information, which again means you can plan around it.
0: That's a good point. And I think as well, this is a good opportunity at this point too, to sort of ask people, what would you need as well to make this successful? And sometimes Mm. things like training, coaching, resources, those sorts of things can come up because, you know, you don't want to be making those in your implementation. You want to be sort of planning this stuff out now so that you're setting everyone up for success.
1: Yeah. I think everyone's had that experience where, you know, something's changing and you've been handed something and you look at it and go, oh, that's not going to (laughs) work. And, you know, if somebody had just had that conversation with you a few weeks beforehand, you would have been able to sort of give then that feedback at the time and you would have been able to come up with something that's much more likely to be successful.
0: Yeah, if you've ever worked in the front lines of any job, I think that's what happens to you every day <laughs> unless your organisation is really good at this. It's just like, okay, and from tomorrow on we're now not doing this with customers. Uh, why is that? Uh, it's just been changed. Oh, my God. how is that going to work? Whereas, you know, when I've seen that being done well, usually, you know, being on the receiving end of it, you know, someone's like, this is the change that's happening. And, you know, what would you need to make this successful? Well, this is going to be a difficult conversation. Well, can we brainstorm some different ways on how we could do that? Yes, that's very helpful. That means when I come in on Monday, when that change goes through, I'm feeling really prepared rather than completely flustered. I was thinking of a real example.
1: And I think that's it. Quite often when people talk about other people being adverse to change, they're not really adverse to change. I mean, we don't all wear, I was going to say uh, flares and platforms, and I was harking back to the 1970s, but I think they're back in again at the moment. But I think you get the drift, you know, we're all quite comfortable with making change. We're just not comfortable with having change imposed on us when we're not prepared for it. And we don't feel like we've had any input into that change.
0: Yeah, so true. Okay. So we've talked about like, you know, understanding change planning the change. What's the next one?
1: Ah, okay. So the next one is all about implementing it, which is really where you get to see that change happen and where you really bring it to life. And again, this is where that extra time you spent planning it and making sure everybody understands it really makes such a big difference when you get to this point because it actually may take you a little bit longer to plan it, it may take you a little bit longer to make sure everybody understands it, but when you get to this point, this is where you make up that difference and more because it means the implementation can be so much faster and so much smoother.
0: Yeah, that's so true. You know, you you get that planning right. Like you just said, this is a hell of a lot easier than it is if you're having to do this on the fly. But I think the only thing I would say on this is we can plan, but we never get everything exactly right. And I think, again, this is where that flexibility in our approach needs to come in. Now, whenever we're doing any type of work, we really love to use like a developmental evaluation type approach. And so when you are deploying something and you are implementing it, You always want to have those, like I said before, measures of success and keeping your finger on the pulse, even from the early days. And then that way you can be flexible as you get further and further into that journey to sort of think, all right, well, this hasn't got off to a good start. What could we do to sort of course correct? It enables you to do that rather than it sort of getting, you know, a couple of months in and you're realizing that that's the case because it's a lot h- harder to reel it back so yeah being flexible in the approach making sure that you're keeping your finger on the pulse during that period to make sure that you understand what's really happening and how it's being perceived by people and if there's anything else they need for it to be a success
1: If you're loving what you're hearing on our podcast, you should join us for one of our live events where we cover how you can build a more innovative and impactful organisation. We also have our very popular Co-Design for Impact Masterclass where I'll teach you how to run your own co-design projects and how to set them up for success. Spots are limited, so grab your ticket to this and our other events at impactoconsulting.com.au slash events. Absolutely. And again, this is where those additional ambassadors that you have across the organisation or across the system, if you're sort of looking at change at a systemic level, that's where, you know, that assistance and, and that sort of breadth of voice and breadth of people actually being, you know, able to hear what's going on and feed that information back. That's where that really makes a difference because that sort of supports you being able to be flexible because you're getting that information really quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The only other thing I think that's really important at this point is even when you have done a good job with the understanding piece and you know everybody is very clear about what's happening and why, sometimes you still need to provide people with some emotional support during a period of change because it's just not as easy as doing what you're used to doing. <laughs> and sometimes people are moving from feeling very comfortable in what they know and very comfortable being able to do something, you know, really, you know, almost with their eyes closed. And now they've got to go back to, you know, feeling a bit uncomfortable and a bit of a novice. So I think, you know, that's where providing that support for people so that, you know, during those times where it does feel a bit tough, they can see that you're there to support them. And they understand that you understand that sometimes that it is a bit tricky and they don't sort of have to pretend that everything's okay, but that, you know, we can still be constructive and move through that process.
0: Yeah, it's a really good call out. As much as we like to ensure that we can achieve this, but sometimes not everybody feels like a winner during change. Something may have been taken away from somebody or... They may have really liked doing something a certain way because it worked for them, and, but it didn't work for another group of people, so it was changed. So, yeah, not everyone's always a winner, and I think that's a good call out there. It is a really important part there to be there for people and give them those opportunities just to be able to talk about that and, like you said, be there to support them because, yeah, it can be, it can be really tough. It's not, all, it's not all excitement, innovation. <laughs> Some of it can be, uh, you know, like I said, something different to someone else. Cool. All right. And the final one is all about, well, communicating that change. Yes,
1: which also links into all of the other things that we've been talking about because it is talking about that understanding and it's sort of talking about that alignment and making sure everybody's clear and all of those things, but it's really about having that communication right throughout that whole process and really strongly joining the dots for everybody so people don't have to think too hard about the change process. They can get on with focusing on, you know, what is it that I need to do differently?
0: We're going to sound like a broken record here, but this is where, you know, linking things to your mission organization's mission is really important. Tracy and I many years ago now worked under a great CEO who just used to just like nail the mission stuff. And every time he would deploy some new piece of change would always link it. And I'm not talking about like that tokenistic, like here's a random thing and here's our mission, like jam them together (laughs) type stuff that you've, you may have experienced (laughs) in the past. Like this was really tasteful because he was legitimate. He really believed in that mission and word of warning there, make sure the two things do go together because people will see through it if they don't. He was really able to, any sort of change because he believed in it so much, he was able to link that to that bigger picture and it really did make a big difference with people getting on board. It's probably the best example I've ever seen of a leader do this. It was just like, it didn't feel fake. It was really repetitive, but it didn't feel repetitive. Do you know what I mean by that, Trace? Like it was like he would always be linked to that, but he'd say it in a slightly different way and link it to different pieces of that overall mission that we're all trying to achieve. And it just sort of kept feeding into that we're all on that path and there was a real target insight. And all these little things that we're doing, we're all on that, like, you know, markers, I guess, on the path to achieving that. It was really cool. So that's where I've seen that done really well. I'm sure people that are listening to this can also think of examples of that, but that mission and the vision and all those sorts of things, linking that into that really helps you get people on board.
1: I also have a great example, and this is a great example of authentic communication around a change management process, because I had a leader who, a process was changed and it wasn't changed in a way that he felt was going to be effective. And he knew that we also didn't think that it would be effective. And instead of, I guess, trying to sell us on something that we knew wasn't his perspective, he actually got up and said, look, this is the change that's been agreed to. I'm not certain that this is the right approach, but I want to make sure that if it's not the right approach, that it's apparent because we've executed it to the best of our ability and it's just that this approach wasn't the right approach. And that was a fantastic way of getting everybody on board because he was so authentic. He didn't try and sell us a message that we knew wasn't what he believed, but he also encouraged us to do our very best implementing something that, you know, perhaps we might not have chosen to implement if left to our own devices. And I think that, you know, there's always a way that you can be really authentic in your communication and really honest about where you potentially see pitfalls, but you can still encourage people to do their very best. And, you know, that was actually one of the most successful implementations because we were all so keen to make sure that you know, if it didn't work, it wasn't that people could say, oh, you didn't do it properly. It was like, oh, no, that process doesn't actually work. And so we did it really, really well. And if it had have worked then, you know, it had been executed well and it would have come off. So we gave that initiative every opportunity.
0: Boom, there you go. There's uh, four points for you there. It's all about, I'm just going to just quickly go back through them just in case you've uh, got a pen and paper poised and you're looking to write them down. Uh, number one was we talked about understanding change. So really making sure that you're sort of having a bit of a think about and sort of creating a bit of a strategy before you do get into implementing it. The planning is then sort of building out what does that look like and how do we sort of bring that to life? We then talked a bit about implementing it and then finally it was all about you know once you are implementing it i guess what's that communication strategy alongside of it so you're bringing people on the journey to chuck in a nice little cliche at the end all right trace absolute pleasure as always thank you everyone for having a listen and we'll catch you on the next episode thanks for listening to another episode of the innovate for impact podcast any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.